Welcome to Boots Off Log On, a podcast where we talk all things farm business. A show about the business of farming, bringing you insights and wisdom from the leaders in farm business, helping you minimise risk and maximise return on all your hard work. I'm David and I'll be your host for the show. Hi everybody, it's David here again from Darren Field Days and now I've got with me today is Janine Bond from HHG Legal Group. Now she's got a really fancy title, Special Counsel, we are talking about that and I was just going, I need a title that flash, right? It makes you feel very special. So tell me what Special Counsel Janine Bond does. Oh, what do I do? Well, so yeah, I mean Special Counsel. So. What I do is, I suppose it just means I've been doing law for a long time. What I do these days is I do a lot of, um, I do mainly estate planning, so wills, powers of attorney, powers of guardianship, but a lot of my clients are business clients mm-hmm. and a lot of them are farming clients as well, So, or in the agricultural, you know, primary production area. But I also have engineering businesses, you know, manufacturing businesses, all sorts of, you know, I've got CEO, CEOs as clients, I've got lawyers, other lawyers as clients, doctors, you know, lots of people with lots of different things going on. Background is I did a lot of property, commercial law when I first started. Mm-hmm. And then went, had babies, had a little break for a little few months <laughs> off to have my first, my son and then my daughter. But as that was happening, the financial planning industry was taking off. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, people had a lot of superannuation and financial planners were coming into the fore. You know, that was becoming a thing. And so I was just in the right place at the right time. And estate planning became a thing because people realised that, okay, we've got this wealth, we've got super, we've got some complex things happening um, not only do we need some financial advice and the accountants to gear up, gear up, but we also need the lawyers to gear up to be able to deal with it, our super, give advice on super, and, and actually estate planning became a bit of an industry. And the financial planning industry realised that, okay, well, if we get estate planners on board and work with them, we actually can sort of provide additional or better service to our clients by working closely with lawyers who, who specialise in estate planning and, and working with accountants who, you know, so it's really it's really working as a team, you know, so yeah. that's, that's what I, so I just came in, fell into that at the right time. So, yeah, I was at, I was working for a company called Cock Gunning at the time or a law firm called Cock Gunning and, yeah, it was just started doing wills and estates and then from there it just sort of progressed. So how does that relate? So you've got a punter like me come in and I'm probably not the most detailed person and so I get you know confused between okay what is um so you've got succession stuff you've yeah. got wealth management which is another yeah. whole thing then yeah. you've got estate planning yeah. and luckily my my children are i suppose early 20s so i haven't really got to the i mean i probably should start thinking about it shouldn't i but yes uh, yes definitely <laughs> definitely but yeah. how does that whole jigsaw come together you know you've got yeah. the estate planning yeah. and the wealth management and the financial planning how do we put that jigsaw together where does a client start yeah well what what we usually do is just start off with a fact find so whether it and it doesn't matter where a client's what they've got or where they've got it or whether they've got a business or they haven't I mean the process that I go through or that we you know as a firm go and I'm sure other other you know lawyers out there when they're doing this process do a similar thing you've really got to work out well what has a person got you know whether it's just a house and a bank account or whether it's you know 
lots of, you know, quite a few family trusts, mm. companies, you know, if they got interest overseas, you know, from the from the very, very simple to the really complex, you've just got to start off with the basic, okay, what has a person got? What do they own or what do they control? And who have they got? Who are they in a relationship with someone? Have they got kids or have they got other people that they want to care for? Or, you know, who do they want to provide for or who should they be providing for but maybe don't want to provide for or you know so it's really just that i always sort of say what what someone's got finding out what someone's got and where they've got it and who they've got and where they've got them yeah and just those relationships between so it's as much finding about out about the person themselves or the often it's a couple coming in and working out okay especially with the family relationships i mean that's just as important or probably more important to a lot of, in a lot of cases than what the actual assets are and the structures and, that are in and place. And I think that's the thing. So most of us, so, you know, the most obvious thing is wills for people, and mm. but it's obviously a lot more than a will, mm. right? Mm. So, so what are the biggest mistakes or assumptions that people make in this space? And you've been doing this for a while, and so you would have seen some really badly done ones and some great ones. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. the great ones are yours. Oh, right? of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, so what are the, so what is the difference between a very well planned estate and yeah. one that you know is dangerously bad? Yeah. Again, I think it's just having gone going through that process, doing that fact find really well, just making sure a lot of what we do is educating people on okay, well you know people come and say okay, I own this, I own that, but when you drill down, well actually you don't. You might have you know half a million dollars in a super fund, but actually you don't own that. Mm you just control that or have certain rights over that or it might even be that you actually don't control it because it's in a retail fund you know it's in isn't an mlc fund or it's in colonial first date fund the big big one is assets in a family trust so i've had clients coming in and saying okay i had one client years ago or a couple and they had all these properties sitting in a trust all these properties up north in a trust and they said, okay, we, we want to do our wills and we want to leave each of these four homes that are sitting in this trust to each of our four children because they yep. our kids are living in these houses. And so I looked at the, you know, looked at the, went through the structure and I said, well, actually, you can't do that by your will because the assets that are in the trust, you might control them. You don't actually own them. Yeah. So we're going to have to do something. We've got to do a few other things, you know, so whether it's by vesting deeds or you might have to wind up the trust or you put an indicate you know intentions in your will of what, as to what so you'd like to have happen but there's then the, you know you've got other things and then you've got i suppose in accounting so you've got tax mm. lawyers and things oh. like that so that's another because it could trigger capital gains Absolute. tax or a whole lots of yeah so trusts so we, seem like a great idea some yeah, of the time don't exactly, they exactly and look there's still a great there's still a great tool you know yeah. and used in the right way but a lot of people really don't understand trust and I'm still I've been working with trust for the best part of you know 30 odd years and I'm still learning you know and they're still I mean it's just us humans who make them complicated but the basic premise is very simple but it's you know it's just trying to get is it, it people aren't thinking are we not thinking as consumers and I'll put myself in that mm. box we're not thinking mm. about the end game when we set up these trusts we're thinking about yeah. okay we're setting up this to solve a problem yeah. well the accountants t- told me this is a really good <laughs> idea to put this new business or this asset yeah. that I want to buy this investment property in but I'm not thinking that in 30 years yeah. time I'm going to have to somehow unwind this or do something yeah. with it but yeah or hand over control to someone yeah. and so I'm, and I'm kicking that problem down yeah. the road a bit yes and that 
that's often, you know, and I was just saying a minute ago to someone, you know, it's thinking, I think as estate planners, we're trained or we learn to think, not just dealing with the immediate problem or issue. It's okay, what's going to happen? How's this going to be dealt with in five years, 10 years, 20? You know, it's got to be, it's got to, you've got to have some flexibility. You've got to have some ability for someone else to be able to take mm. over. And often with trust too, the older trusts generally cater for someone dying. So someone in control as an appointor or guardian or trustee, mm. they'll cater for someone dying. It has a mechanism. Okay, well, who takes control if, if someone dies? Yeah, so they get control of the trust, but yeah, they don't own anything. They don't own anything. But then what happens if someone loses capacity, like they've had a stroke or they've got mm. dementia? And often in the older trustees, there's no mechanism in there or very limited mechanism for someone to step in and take control if that initial controller has lost capacity for whatever reason. And so that's often something that we're trying to, we might be able to fix it by doing a deed of variation. Sometimes there's not the power to amend the trust deed is limited and we've got to go got to work around it and so. is there also this gap between intent you know we always when we write these documents or in, mm. you know hire someone mm. like you to write them we have an intent in our mind and we're trying mm. to make sure our i suppose our intent is given past you know a lot of people have letters of intent and yeah. things like that and is there is there limits to what we can actually do i mean you know i always just someone told me you know ruling from the grave you know especially yeah. for all of us yeah. yeah is there limits to what we can do there is in terms of yeah, so, so I guess getting back to like a will, you know, a will is really the the outline of what you want to do. That's setting out the it's basic... It's like a big summary, okay, it's a big, Well, it's, it's even... It's really just saying, okay, the nuts and bolts of, okay, this is my... This is who I want to be my executor. Yeah. If they can't act, this is who I want. You know, you can cover even sometimes if you've got a trust, okay, if the trust allows you by your will to appoint its successor, appoint or guardian yeah. controller, you can do that in the will. Then it'll have, okay, I want to give X amount to, you know, Cat's Refuge and, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know, great-grandson or... So, and then so you get everyone to... So you advise yeah. everyone to give it all away to the Cat's Refuge? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> solves a lot of problems. You might have a few family provision act claims but yeah absolutely (laughs) very sensible advice i'm sure but you know so that sets out the framework i suppose yeah when but letters of intention or deeds of wishes or just something that's often because a family trust or a discretionary trust is what it says it's a it's there's discretion as to who gets what income so you're saying the executor that you've appointed through your will has actually has discretion well, the trustee or who's going to take control of the trust, if it's a discretionary trust, will then have the discretion as to who benefits from the income and capital of So you can write a letter trust. setter and go, this is what I'd this prefer what you I'd did. This is like, yes. So that's where the letter of wishes can oh, be really okay. helpful. But also setting out um, often what your reasons are for why you've done, you know, left, done your will in a certain mm. way. So, for instance, if there's an estrangement... Say you've got three kids, but you've you've fallen out. You know you've got yeah, a, yeah. a real estrangement from one child, or you've already given them an early inheritance, effectively. Yeah. And you so you or you know I've got one client where the farm's already been transferred or sold, effectively, to one child, and so the other child is going to get the rest of the non-estate. Yeah. Non, sorry, non-farming so it's explaining assets. So that. explaining, yeah, having a letter of wishes to just explain that. So if there's any dispute or issues, when say in this case, mum has died. There's, there's her reasons for doing 
So what when, she's doing when should we start? Like I'm 52, right? You're just a spring chicken. I, I love you already. Like, <laughs> in, in our business, I feel like the oldie, right? Um, you know, when should people start? Because we tend to, maybe I'm starting to think about it now and I go, do we all start too late thinking about this stuff? Like, I think so. I mean, I've got, you know, I'm, I've got a bit probably an unfair advantage because I can just do wills, you know, anytime. Yeah. And, but, you know, my kids, and they both travelled when they were quite early, but they were early in their early 20s. Or, you know, 20, basically, was my daughter, 21, and she was heading overseas for a year. And so I made her, you know, she had a will, power of attorney, yeah. power of guardianship. My son got married quite early, so we needed to put wills yeah. and power of attorney in place for him and his wife. So I think it's never, you know, and people say, oh, look, I haven't got any assets. But most kids, if they've got a part-time job, they've got some super. Yeah. You know, and especially now that yeah, the rules so are changed, you know, even I've had had an estate years ago with this fellow. It's only 19 or 20. Died in a work accident. Had super. He'd actually. It was really sad. He had biological brothers and sisters, but in India, and he'd been hadn't actually even been formally adopted. He'd been fostered. Yeah. But there was no one because I'm. He died, and he had this super and life insurance sitting in in a in yeah. the super fund. But because there was no one under the like Administration Act yeah. or that the super fund would recognise as being his next of kin, if you like, or his... So he know, had a biological... Had technical. biological family in India, but he had no one... The, the family who he knew as his family were a foster family, like foster so parents. So he had no legal No one legal... Yeah, and so them trying to get authority to mm. deal with his super, whereas if there'd been a will and he'd had an executor appointed by his will, which would have been probably his foster parents they would have been able to just step in and deal with the super company so is it about starting small early and then just changing it as your life you know we all yeah. start young and stupid and slowly hopefully get more mature and grow up and we yeah. we have more stuff yes right yes just starting simple when you're young and then just slowly changing that as you get children or own yes. assets or yeah. it, it, it comes on to the point at the moment so Farming businesses, especially where we are here around Darren and the mm. rest of Western Australia, uh, um, and I think nationally we could say, mm. have got very mm. big. Mm. And, and and so, you know, does that change? You know, as these operations get larger and larger, mm. and, the, and so do people have to really consciously re, maybe revisit their estate planning as these businesses get bigger? I think it's really important because it's not only as the business changes, but your family changes as well, or your loved ones, their situations change. So... I mean, I, we, you know, we say in our final letter, you should review your estate planning every year. But we know that people don't. But I think rule of thumb, every three to five years tends to be when things change. So if you think of, okay, I've, I've left school, I've got a part-time job, and then, you know, start uni, finish uni. I mean, that tends to be like three years, five years. Then I've started, you know, I've got maybe I had a part-time job, I've got a bit of super in there. You know, you leave, you start working, you might buy some shares or you might put a deposit on a home, buy a home, you know, relationship. And, I mean, getting married, that gives your wife or even de facto partner, mm. that gives each, you know, So that's a right idea. It doesn't actually have to be, uh, have ma- to be marriage No, anymore, does that it? gives you legal rights to mm. asset, you know, to claim assets from each other should one of them die. But especially when you're talking about, you know, farms or any sort of business, mm. but particularly farms where, you know, the farm might have been in the family for generations. Often there's, you know, I've got client farming clients where there's different lots of farmland in different entities, mm. like they might be 
farmland in a company, there might be farmland in a trust, there might be other farmland trusts, there's farmland in, you know, individual names, some in joint names. And some of these might be in legal structures that were set up in the 30s and 40s, aren't they? Yeah, well, typically, probably not that so, but, you know, that might have gone from the granddad. Yeah. But typically, but most often, you know, you see trusts, not so many from the six, about the 70s and 80s. Lots of trusts. Lots and lots of trusts, you know, and, and because they're usually really old trustees that haven't always been amended or they might have been amended but the trust Because there was a a lot of um, I think was it pre-60s there was uh, people who had property with when they used to have um not re- a probate, like they oh, had yeah, death the old tax. probate duty. Yeah, yep, they had st- yep. they had a lot of stuff around that, yep. didn't they? And so that's where trust started to come into the fore because yeah. they could sort of get around the probate duty issues um, by having the trust. Oh, so that so was why there was an explosion of trust. That's one reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably the main reason. So yeah, so they did away with that. But the trust, you know, they're still you know tax benefits, yeah. asset protection yeah, benefits, great, yeah. and just you know, if someone dies, you don't necessarily have to, you know, you don't have to transfer everything across to you know the surviving spouse or the surviving son. Or so there's, there's plenty of people my age and older who've got, you know, might be farming and might have land or may, you know, you could, you know, there's so many generations now. You might mm. be the owner of the land, you may not be. Yeah. But, so do, doing well, how do you how do you involve your family in this process? So mm. especially, especially if you're the one who literally has control over these millions and millions of dollars of assets mm. in, in our farm clients. Yeah. Right? How do you do this well? It's yeah. so, it can be messy, you know. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So how do you do it well? It's not easy, but it's it's that communication. It's having those those conversations. And for some families, that is just a natural thing because they just automatically communicate and talk but I think for most family that's that's probably the minority I think for most families these conversations are not easy and I've been I'm sort of we've got involved with Rural Edge and I think you guys are yeah. also very involved <laughs> with Rural Edge as well which are a great organisation and they're you know doing a series of workshops to try and facilitate the communication the pre-planning before you get to the lawyer, you know, yeah. and, and while you're dealing with the accountant trying to work out what to do. So you want them to but have the communication channels already set up yes, before they get to you. Yes. Well, ideally, because otherwise, you know, you can spend a lot of money talking to a lawyer, <laughs> trying to nut out this stuff when you haven't. And we're just saying, have you talked to your son about it? Have you talked to your daughter-in-law? You know, have you talked to your daughter about this? You know, she wants a, an interest in the farm or, yeah. you know, or how are you going to provide for... You know, it might be a, a second marriage situation mm. where your partner's got kids, a previous relationship, they bought assets into the farm or might not. And I think that's the thing. The, the, I suppose it was almost simpler when the old nuclear family used to be the norm, but it's not always the norm anymore, no, is it? No, But even then, you know, and even with the old nuclear family, there was often this say typically the son or two sons who take over the farm girls that go they were expected to marry well and they would be provided for by their spouses and so they weren't going to get much and we still see estates like that you know we've still the old wills and so one of the first conversations I have with with business clients but particularly farming clients where they're wanting to leave everything to the the farming child and not and not so much the non-farmers, they, you realise that they could bring a Family Provision Act claim. We had that brought up, I think maybe it was heard from an event, one of the events actually, someone was mentioning about, especially at the moment, we like a, I think what we've had 36% increase in land prices, so, mm. so suddenly people might have done estates. Yes. And they have evenly divided stuff, like you've got a house in South Perth and you get the farm and everything. But now one has gone up in value by, you know, $5 million. Yeah. And the other one hasn't. Yeah. 
you, do you think this will, you know, probably should prompt people to revisit that sort of planning? Oh, and absolutely. And that's where just checking in every, say, at least every three to five years or where there's a major change either. Especially in valuations. Valuations or change in your business structure, mm. change in status, like if you're going from, especially when you're going from, say, being actively involved in the farming operation mm. to perhaps taking a bit of a back seat and some control of some of the business entities yeah. have been handed over or joint controls being given there's a change or a change in situation to say the non-farming family members you know a child who maybe has fallen on hard time they're not involved in the family farm yeah. business but they've really fallen on hard times they've got health issues or yeah. their relationship their relationships broken down so and does this all just come down to human stuff at the end of the day like we tend to worry we do silly things when we worry don't we we're worried about yeah. our own retirement we're worried about that you know the the kid who hasn't done as well as the others comes across sometimes that it looks unfair yes. and I mean you have to deal with fairness in yeah. your career all day don't you well I, I always say you know fair is not always equal okay, and it's great. and yeah. it's which is a cliche but it's it's What's, what's appropriate? What do they need? You know, yeah. and, and it's also, but you've also got, like I mentioned, the Family Provision Act. You've got this legislation in Western Australia, but also, you know, a similar legislation around Australia that's the Family Provision Legislation and it allows certain people to make a claim against someone's so estate. Is, so is that, in that case, so if, let's say, one of those really old-fashioned worlds where someone's mm. just left all their farming land to one son, yeah. let's say, or, yeah. or daughter, yeah. or, and... The other two have been expected to, I know, you've got a career in Perth or Melbourne, sort Mm. yourselves out, Mm. you're good. Mm. This provision that you're talking about gives them the right to say, well, we don't think it's fair that Mm. one son's been given it all. Yep. And that's that's exactly what it is. And more and more, I mean, we've got a big um, estate litigation, you know, we do a lot of estate litigation Mm. and typically... It's these claims against the estate where a child feels, or it might be a spouse feels aggrieved that they haven't received as much Mm. as what they think they should have, or far less than what the other child or children have received. And there's ways of managing that. And again, this gets down, it's like anything, plan early, and you can sort of head these things off at the pass a bit. And by using, and that's where trust can be... So when you make a claim against the estate, in Western Australia, you can only claim against what's actually in the estate, what you, what a person owns personally, what yeah. the deceased owned personally. So assets that are sitting in a trust can't be touched. They're not part of the estate. Oh. You can also manage super because that's effectively a super fund is just another, is a glorified trust. Yeah. So you can manage that to a certain, you know, you can put strategies in place, but you don't want to leave it to the last minute. You really want to plan for that. So... And sometimes we've we've actually transferred assets into trusts, or we've tra- or even having assets in joint names with another person mm. takes it outside of a person's estate. So that's where the estate planning really comes into play because you are looking at trying to manage these situations that you anticipate could happen and minimising the risk of that. But at the same time, being fair, you know, like. Do you know what? I think our clients, are, farmers are pretty good at this for it. They're doing it every year with cash flow budgeting and forecasting. You know, they are, they are managing forward risk yes. really yes. well. Like yes. They're really good at it. Like, yes. You know, think especially typically like, say, a grain farm where they're putting it, everything on the line every autumn. Yes. With this, and they're pl- managing the risk for the rest of the year until they get a harvest or right yeah. through to it's in the bin, really. Yes. And so, 
it's not so dissimilar, but no. it's just a longer timeline, yeah. really, isn't it? But really, if you think about it, the risk is far greater. Yes, it if is. If you've got a claim coming in from left, well, not really from left field, because you're sort of as... As lawyers, we can see it. We, you know, you get a feeling as to whether this person is going to make a claim or not. You know, this estranged child or, or yeah. might be really close family, but the non-farming kids are just sort of bitten the lip and because dad, that's what dad, mum and dad have said, that's what's going to happen. But as soon as mum and dad pass, whoop, in they come and go. Okay, well, we call them um, known unknowns. Right. Yes. You know they're going to happen. You just don't know what it's going to look like. That's a really yeah, good way got, of describing right? it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like you've got no details, but it's there. Yeah. I think I'd, in, in our clients, I'd say weather is a known unknown. You know it rains, you know it doesn't rain. You just don't know the timing. <laughs> that's right. No, that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Janine, how do people contact you? You know, where do they start? Do they just give you a, a yep, Google just, you? Yeah, how? they can Google, you know, Google HHG Legal Group or they can probably find me Janine Bond, B-O-N, no D on the end. I'm no relation to Yeah, there's no the James Bonds. there. No, there's so no James. So, no. Bond with no E. Bond, Bond with no D. No oh, D. no D, No yes. D on the end, yep. But HHE Legal Group and, you know, great website, lots of information. But, yeah, just very welcome to give us a call or jump on the website, send us an email or contact contact AgriMaster and they'll be able to find us as well. But very happy to have a chat, you know, initial chat. And we've got a whole team. But if there's someone like me and I just don't know where to start, is it, can I just give you a call and go... I just don't know where to start. No, just come in, we'll have a little chat and we'll, yeah. we'll put together a bit of a plan. We'll, you know, is Absolutely. That, I don't have yep. to know what I'm doing yet. No, no, it doesn't. Look, we. it probably helps have a little bit of a... Th- obviously, you've been thinking about it if, you, if you're making yeah. contact. But I do have a lot of clients who just, I don't know where to start. And yeah. you just have that initial meeting, get a bit of information, and at least you've got, you know, you've got a bit of a plan as to, okay, well, we need to get a bit more, bit more information together before we can really make a start or might say look have a chat to your accountant about this or your financial advisor or go and talk to agrimaster and get some really good software and no. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you i'll give you the hundred dollars later yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah very happy very happy to have a have an initial chat all right Jean, thank you very much Janine, for joining me today i hope everyone listening has learned something today i certainly have i know my wife who normally looks after all this she's our cfo and she will tell me you should have been listening all along david um <laughs> But thank you very much. Oh, David, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure having a chat. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. As always, if you'd like to know more about AgriMaster Farm Business Management Software and Services, you can find us at www.agrimaster.com.au or find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. If you like this episode, please share it on social media or directly with a friend and let's make farm business great together.